So we're talking about community, living in community. That's where our focus has been. And uh, we got two verses that we've been looking at with Psalm 133. I'm going to kind of move a little quickly here this morning in John 17. One about God's community, how good and pleasant it is, right? God says that God's people live together in unity. Remember that? In John 17, it's a going community, right? That's what we are as a community. We're going. May they also be in us, Jesus said, that the world may believe that you have sent me. And I appreciate what Keith is doing. He's trying to do that. He's trying to get missionaries ministering to people quicker. And that sounds kind of like, well, what's the rush? Well, in places where it takes weeks to get to, flying in, it takes... A lot less time, plus the dangers of driving anywhere. I, I just drove through Haiti uh, with a friend, with Ronnie, and driving from Port-au-Prince, Haiti, all the way up to the northern part of Haiti, it was crazy. I mean, people probably die along that journey. So to fly, it's so much quicker. And, uh, and, and taking the gospel to other people that haven't heard it yet is exactly what we're supposed to be doing. Amen? Not just as a missionary pilot, but as Christian people. And God's community is, that's what we're about. We're about this community, right? This eternal community of God, living together, growing together, moving together, encouraging one another. But it's also about going out into the world that other people will believe. And we've got to do that. That's, that's, that's as important as the community itself, is bringing the gospel to other people. How awesome is that, right? So today we're in Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews 10, and uh, flip there in your Bibles if you would. And uh, there's some, a couple of verses that we're going to look at that are really, really hit this whole idea of community really hard about what we're to be about, you know, what we're supposed to be about. But in verses 19, I want to just kind of start there. Um, the Hebrew writer is writing to God's people, right? Brothers and sisters, he, say, he says, uh, since uh, we have this confidence right, to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. And how awesome is that, right, that, that you and I are here today and we can be a part of God's community because God sent his only son and Jesus died on a cross and his blood cleanses us of our sin and we can enter the most holy place. That's, that's incredible, isn't it? I mean, that God invites us in, and he not only invites us in, but he, he pays the way for us to come in. Like, he sends his son, and Jesus dies on a cross so that our sins can be forgiven, so we can come back into his presence. That is amazing love. That's amazing grace, right? And he goes on to talk about how this way has been opened for us in verse 20, through the curtain that is the body of Jesus. And he says in verse 22, let us draw near to God. Right, let us draw near to God. Is that what, I hope that's what you want to do. It's just draw near to God. That, that as we live on this earth in these bodies, that what we want more than anything else in this world is just to draw near to God. Just to know God more, to know Him deeper, to, to have a relationship with Him. And he says in verse 23, let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. Let us hold on to that hope. Right? That faith and that hope that we profess, hang on to it with everything in you. Okay, verse 24, here's our passage. And then he says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. 
So here's what community is. It's a lot of things. We've talked about a number of things that community is. But in this passage, in this section, the Hebrew writer is telling us that community is church life. That's what it is. It's church life. Right? It's the life of God's people that is called or known as the church. That's what community is. It's church life. And life, life means it's living. It's moving. It's breathing, right? It's, it's alive. It's alive. Do you feel alive this morning? I hope you feel alive this morning. I hope you feel like by the power of God in you and, and the fact that we just worshiped and sang songs to our awesome God and we're reminded of his goodness and that every breath we take is, is him in us, breathing through us. And, and how amazing his grace is. Like that should breathe life into us this morning. And like we're gathered here like on the first day of the week, right? We're about to go out into the world again for another week. And, and as we come into this place, it's important for us to, to really understand that we're part of something way bigger than us, way bigger than me, way bigger than you. Church life is about, it's about going deeper, right? That's really what it's about. It's not, we're not just a part of some group of people or club on the planet. We are a part of the eternal body of Christ, the church life. And that's huge. That's big. And it's, and it's going to grow and become bigger and bigger than we'll ever imagine. And the Hebrew writer here is urging God's people, that's us as a group, as a community, right, to, to, to be together, to work together, and to move together as members of the body of Christ to be together and to grow deep. And that's what this church life is all about. So he shares with us a few thoughts in this passage, I just want to point out to you some quick truths about church life. The first one is this. He says, first few words, he says, let us consider. Let us consider. Now, that's an, that's an invitation. In other words, you don't have to consider. Some people will never consider, right? But he says, let us consider or let us ponder, right? Let us think about, let us think about each other. Let us think about the individuality of the group, right? Let us, let us consider other people. Like, consider the world around you. Consider the body of Christ around you. Consider the personal giftedness around you. Right? Consider the, 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 the gifts that people have around you. Just look around the room. I know it's always weird when the preacher asks you to do that, but just look around the room. There's, 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 spiritual giftedness in this room that we haven't even begun to like use for the glory of God. There are stories of individuals and where you're from, not just your hometown, that we don't even, we haven't even begun to, to discover. I mean, we, we sit in a room with people every week and we don't really even know each other. We don't. That's not church life. See, church life, according to God, is a group of people that already know that they're going to spend eternity with each other, and they're moving toward eternity together, growing deeper, moving together, and they're considering one another. Consider also means to consider different ways to serve together. Right? Consider how we as, as God's people, the possibilities that are in front of us, the opportunities that are before us. Let us consider... And it's an invitation to get involved. Like, let us consider. 
Like, really think on this, right? A way for us to, to, to be urged to move closer together, which is way more than just showing up. It's not about showing up. It's about growing deeper together. And the writer says, let us consider. All right. So with our minds in the game, with our minds on what God is doing, that this eternal community is going to live forever, fixed on each other, our attention, he says, let us consider how we may, number two is this, spur each other on. He says, let us consider how we may spur one another on. To spur means to stir up, right? It means to stir up a little bit, right? It means to like, like stimulate. The word actually means to provoke. Now, we think of that word provoke as a kind of a negative word, right? We read about don't uh, like provoke your children to anger or wrath. And so we kind of see that word provoke as a negative thing, like people provoking one another to do something bad. But the original means for, to provoke means to stir up toward good things. To provoke or to stir one another up to like fan on the flame or to move the coals around so you get a brighter fire to provoke, to stir up. He says, let us consider how we may spur one another on, right? To watch out for each other, to consider each other. It actually means to excite one another in a direction, like to, to fire each other up, like a, like a football team or a team coming together before the game, huddled up with a couple people yelling and screaming at each other and everyone going, yeah, 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 let's go knock their heads off. That's what it means to spur each other on. Like to, 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 to stir one another up, to go out and do amazing things for God. That's what it's about, to spur one another on. That's the community life is about. It's that we're all considering how we can encourage one another, stimulate each other, excite one another to go out and do something. And here's what you're going to, to go do. Here's what he says next. He says, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward the goal of spurring love and good deeds. That's, there's direction. It isn't just stir one another up in a frenzy. It's stir one another up to go out and love like Jesus and do good deeds, do good things, right? To spread the gospel, to share the love of Christ, to go meet needs so that the world will know that God has sent us. See, there's movement in the life of the church. You're going somewhere. We're going somewhere. God is doing something active among the body of Christ. The church is on the move. In Acts chapter 10, remember Peter was at Cornelius' home, and he was sharing the vision that God had given him, and Cornelius had a vision, and it all comes together, and Peter says some things here about Jesus that are, should be an encouragement to us. He says in verse 36 of, of Acts 10, he says, you know the message God sent to the people of Israel announcing the good news. He's reminding them of this. And he says in verse 38, 38 how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power power and how he went around doing good. Jesus, Jesus went around doing good and healing all who are under the power of the devil because God was with him. And because God was with him, what did Jesus do? He was going around doing good. And so the Hebrew writer says, let us consider how we can stir one another up to go out and be like Jesus to go out and, and love and go out and do good deeds. 
Go do good things for the world, because that's what Jesus did, right? He's stirring us up in the ways of Jesus, to be like Jesus, right? So that's what we ought to be doing, like stirring one another up to go and be like Jesus, right? That's a good thing, right? Right? Isn't that what we ought to be doing? He says in two things, he says is love. So, so we stir and spur one another on to do acts of love, right? To love people. And that has to do with relationships and growing closer and connecting one another to, to God and to the body of Christ. And it has to do with sharing mercy and grace with one another, love. So we spur one another on to love each other, okay? Because that's not easy. It's difficult. And we spur one another on or stir each other up to go out and do good deeds. That's why we stand up here week after week and challenging all of us to go and serve the world, to go and reach the community, to go and go, go east, go south, go wherever you got to go and go help people. That's what we're supposed to be doing when we come together. That's the life of the church. That's what we're supposed to be doing, all with a purpose, a purpose of spreading the gospel taking Jesus with us as we go, ways of serving the community and and loving the world. That's what we're we're about. The fourth thing he says is this, coming together, right? Coming together, right? So he says, like meeting with each other, if you're looking at those verses still, meeting together like regularly and often. He's talking about the assembly, the public worship, that God's people would come together as a body, as a group, and they would encourage each other and come together in a variety of ways, in a variety of places, in a variety of purposes, valuing the community, that we would place a high value on the church, on the community of God that is eternal, right? We've all heard the phrase, you know, you, uh, we love it when a, when a plan comes together, right? Well, the church is God's plan. And God loves it when the church comes together. Because when the church comes together, when God's people come together, then his plan has come together. See that? And the devil, what the devil would like more than anything is to to keep the church apart, right? To pull people apart, to separate, to segregate, and keep people from coming together, to give you reasons why you don't need to come together. It's not about winning salvation. It's about being the body of Christ on the earth, and there's value in the community. And he says, not neglecting the community of God, as some have. Some people uh, in the Hebrew writer is thinking about or writing to, people have, have gotten out of the habit of coming together. They've been led away from the priority of coming together. The word means to elude or to avoid, right? Not necessarily to, um, uh, is he talking about apostasy where people have like abandoned the faith, but they've just stopped meeting together with other believers, and there's danger in that, right? There's great danger in when you elude or avoid the body of Christ. Because uh, it also means forgetting that the gathering, and this is why people elude or avoid, they forget that the gathering is more than about me, right? The value is the community. It's about other people. It's about God using me to help you and you being used to help others and us all being used to sharpen each other. And when you pull yourself out because you think you don't need that or people withdraw because they think they don't need that, they're not just robbing themselves. They're robbing the community. They're robbing God. They're robbing the body. It's about spiritual warfare. 
When the community comes together, he says coming together, like, like coming together, if you could just kind of picture things coming together, not just us all walking in the doors and sitting in the same room. That's not what this is about. This is about people coming together and getting to know one another and growing up, sharing life together. Ignatius says this about spiritual warfare. He says, when ye frequently and in numbers meet together, the powers of Satan are overthrown, and his mischief is neutralized by your like-mindedness in the faith. When we come together, the gates of hell shake because Satan understands the power that is available to the body of Christ. Right, That the power of God is unleashed in the body of Christ when we meet together, when we worship together, when we do life together as the church family should. Satan shudders at that. And what he would love is for you to not be a part of that. What he'd love is for people to stay away from being a part of that, which is all the more reason why we go to share and to help people come to know Jesus and to be a part of this body. He's saying when we meet together, when we do these things, there's a great power unleashed in God's people, right? A power, the power in the body of Christ. Paul said this in Romans 12, you know, where that passage where he's talking about the body of Christ, and he talks about everyone has been given a gift. He says, for as many as members in one body and all the members uh, don't have the same office, he said, so we, being many, all of us being many, are one body in Christ, and every one member one of another. Right? So, so your part, when, when your part isn't here, when a part is missing, the whole body suffers as a result. And he says it's important for the church life, in the church life, that we come together, right? It's more than meeting once a week or being at the same location at a certain time. It's far more than any of that. It's coming together, right? It's uniting in relationship. It's uniting in purpose, it's uniting in mission. It's being united in the things that are of a God. And the fifth thing he says is this, encouraging one another. So we come together, right? We consider, he says, consider, consider, spur one another on. He says, toward love and good deeds. And he says, come together. And he says, encourage one another. And that just means simply to cheer one another on. Right? That's what we're about. That's what this should be about. This should be the most positive meeting you ever attend in your week or in your month or ever. When you come together with the body of Christ, you should leave feeling so, so charged up, you know, that you are just not just in the presence of God, but you are in the presence of God's people. And when we leave this place, we should feel encouraged by that, right? We should like, like instill Courage, that's what it means to encourage. In courage, to take courage and build it in each other. To encourage, to build strength in one another. That's what the body of Christ is about. Unfortunately, in, in this country, in most churches, there's so much divisiveness that people leave feeling worse than they did when they came. 
Not so. That shouldn't be, should never happen here, right? To encourage means to like spur one another on, to challenge, to challenge one another to go deeper, to stimulate each other to do more, to serve God, to reach your community. All the things that, that help us go out of ourselves and bring other people to Jesus, that's what we should be doing, encouraging one another. I'll never forget when I, when I was playing football uh, when I was little in uh, middle school, uh, the, the other team had us back down to our end zone. They were on like our five-yard line, and I was playing defensive end, and this kid, uh, the quarterback, I saw him drop back, and I knew what he was about to do. He was about to throw a swing pass to the, um, to the running back coming out of the backfield around the right side, and I read it like a book, and as soon as he let go of the ball, I just cut in front of the, 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 uh, the, defense, the offensive linebacker, or the back, and I, and I picked off the ball, and I'm heading down the sideline, 90 five yards the other way. And I'll never forget it. Mark Lear was a kid who played on our team. His dad was holding the chains. And he's standing there with the chain. And he's swinging that chain around like this. You know, it's, it's this pipe. It's this long pipe. And people are like all around him because, you know, everybody crowds around the sidelines in these little games. And he's swinging that thing. He's yelling, go, go, go. And I'll never forget him. I'll never forget that picture. I, you know, you, you don't remember a lot of things about growing up. But that one thing I'll never forget is him just saying, go. And his fa- it was like in slow motion. It was like I was watching a movie. And I'm running down the sideline. And he's running with me going, Go with this chain. And I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that. It was just like embedded in my brain. But that's what, that's what he means when he says encourage one another. Like cheer each other on. And too often we say the wrong things to each other. Right? We get on one another instead of building each other up. To encourage means to instill courage. Right? To instill strength in each other. And in coming together, here's what happens. We learn deeper things about one another when we take the time to do that. Right? And when we take the time to truly be the community that God has called us to be, and we get to know each other deeper and on a a more intimate level, it's there that we need encouraged. Not surface encouragement, but where we are really at in life like where we're all at in life, where things are bothering us, where things aren't as good as we make them out to be. That's where we need to be encouraged, down deep. It's where we get to apply strength to one another. See, the community church life is vital. Number six, because of this, because the day is coming. Look what he says at the end. Encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching. The day approaching, right? The day approaching is the Lord's day. The day of the Lord. He's coming back, right? Paul spoke about this day in 1 Corinthians. Remember, he was talking about how we build our lives. Be careful how you build, what you add to your life, what's important to you, how you are structuring your life. He says in verse 13 of 1 Corinthians 3, their work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. There's going to be a day. It's going to come. That day is coming. Jesus said, on that day, you will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds, right? The day of the Lord is approaching. That's what the Hebrew writer says. It's so important for the church life to keep growing together, to keep moving together, to keep meeting together and coming together and encouraging one another. Why? Because the day is approaching where Jesus is coming back. And I'm here to tell you this morning, I'm here to remind us that time as we know it will come to an end soon. It's going to end. 
The end will come in time as we know it, and all the stuff of the world will be over, and all that will matter is eternity. And we need to be ready for that, right? We need to be encouraged by that. We need to be ready and planning for that. Time as we know it will end. And in all that you're living for, and all that you're chasing after, the things of this world, and all the things that we pursue, the treasures that we all know are going to perish, please know that the community of God, the community of God is all that is eternal. Nothing else will last forever except God's community, right? That life that we are striving to be a part of. So the question is, are, are you giving proper attention, proper effort on the eternal? Are you giving proper effort on the eternal? There's a humongous difference between all of the physical life that we know of and the spiritual life that is forever. There's a big difference between the two. We know that, right? Paul said this in 2 Corinthians. He said this, We do not lose heart. Though our outer, outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Isn't that good? As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen... They're forever. They're eternal. The spiritual, the things that are unseen, right? Are you paying attention to the things that are unseen, to the spiritual community of God, to the spiritual work that God is trying to do in you? Are you paying attention to that? And are you heeding these words that the Hebrew writer says to us? Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more, all the more as you see the day approaching. Father, we love you so much. And you're so good to us, God. You're so patient with us, Father, and you're so gracious to us. You've given us everything that we need, not just for this life, but for all of eternity. The spiritual has been taken care of for us. God, help us to just give ourselves to you more and more. Help us to learn what it means to live by faith and not by sight. Help us to know what it means to be a part of the church and the life of the church in a deeper way than we've ever lived before. That we would truly consider and accept the invitation to go deeper to encourage one another, to spur each other on, to, to come together, not just be in the same place at the same time, but truly hearts and minds and souls coming together because the day is coming. And we know it's coming. The day is approaching where you will light up the sky and time as we know it will be no more. A hurricane is nothing compared to that day. All the power outage in the world will be nothing compared to that day. Father, help us to prepare for that day. Help us to encourage one another and spur each other on as we wait for it. We love you so much. Speak to our hearts, God. Move us to action. Help us to be a church that goes and goes and keeps going. We love you, Lord. And we give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen.